Sony is very lucky that his father is a better person than Oli. And I think you, 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 you are an ostrich. Next Tuesday, April Fool's Day, he's the biggest fool in Manchester. And that is you, David Myers. Football heritage. No one <laughs> wants to be a fullback as a kid. No one wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville. But unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply. I love football. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of the Baller Boys podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Vis, and today joined by me in person again is Rahul. Hello, hello. And Kaiser. Hello. So, guys, um, at the end of our previous pod, we wanted to talk about uh, the upcoming big game, which was, which is Liverpool against huge Man City. Huge game. Yeah, huge so huge that we didn't Massive. want to, you know, just talk about it in the last pod. We wanted to create just a podcast. Wow, a special this. pod just for this. Yeah, just for this. So this is the first time I think we're doing something like this, right? Like something different. For a preview just, of a game especially. Yeah, yeah. preview of a one game. One episode for no one game. Down. Never been done before. Yeah, we just focus on one fixture. And it was actually quite nice to do this for a change because all our research efforts went into these two teams. Deep and dive. Hopefully, you know, the content that we give you today will be rich. Lah. He sold it to... Yeah. <laughs> the bar is set high. Too, too <laughs> high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we haven't recorded Setting that. Setting us for disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's start. Man City, current champions against Liverpool. So, right now, the state of play is City and Liverpool are on 73 and 72 points, respectively, with eight games remaining. So the only difference is one point, but Liverpool have the higher goal difference by five lah. Is that is that a lot? By City standards, maybe not. But if it's going down to the wire, I think five is, is a good buffer to have, right? The thi- well, it looks like a good buffer if they weren't playing each other. Eh? But say any of them win by two goals on the weekend, that's a four four goal swing, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's gone. It's gone after one oh, game. Oh yeah, actually. yeah. Actually, yeah. That that does make sense. The thing is, right? It's. I feel it's still a big thing because these two teams are so, so close in terms of the points that they, they get, you know, in terms of how they play, you know, they're just so good and they're on a different level altogether compared to the other 18 teams. And this is a fun fact, at the start of the eighteen nineteen season, Liverpool have got th- 337 points out of a maximum 432 while City have managed to get 338 points out of a maximum of 432. So, it's, it's just a matter of one point difference, you know. It's just small margins. So, you know, going forward, right now this weekend, City play at home. So, technically, they have the advantage. And the, the tricky thing is, right, if Liverpool go on and win this game, they can actually afford to draw another game until the end of the season. Is, isn't that correct? True. But if you look at it the other point of view, if City win this game, it's even more what they can they can afford to lose another game, right? Can they? There'll be yeah. four points ahead, so yeah, yeah they can so lose they can another game lose. for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, sure, Liverpool can afford a draw, so but City got even a bigger buffer if they if they win. So if any team win, yeah, it looks uh, really yeah. good for that team basically. So the thing is, so in this pod, we, we we're going to talk about both teams' the season so far, and then we're going to talk about how the game's going to pan out. And then as well, we close off the pod with, you know, what, what, what the fixtures are moving forward. So let's just look at both the teams right now. 
I think we'll start like mid-January. Mid-January, Liverpool were 14 points behind Man City. We even created a reel. Do you remember this, Kaiser? Yes. I think it was when Chelsea beat... Eh, Liverpool... Eh, sorry. City beat Chelsea, I think. Yeah, the, tit- and the title like, yeah, was done. Title done already lah. Wrapped up yeah, already. If no I'm being point. honest, I, I really thought... I remember thinking like, okay, fine. We have to go for Champions League lah now. Yeah, for sure. At you that know, point, I right? really thought league was wrapped up. At that point, I was thinking, okay lah, let's try and secure second place. And consequently, at that time, we were still in league... The Liverpool was still in the League Cup, still in the FA Cup, and still in Champions League. Yeah, yeah. I, thinking, I mean, still on three fronts. That's that's amazing. But to pull it back, because normally they say, I mean, it, it still could hold true. But normally, if you okay leave, la, but Christmas, fourteen points with two games in hand, lah. I mean, you guys had two games. You still in had hand, to win so. those games, first of all. Yeah. And then if you minus six, there's still eight points yeah, against a City team yeah, who mm, are dominant. You know. Yeah. So I mean. Well, I mean, we'll touch on it more later, but like, it's amazing how we've come to this point. Yeah, so Liverpool just uh, didn't stop there. They just increased their momentum and just went on a, a, a run, especially at the start of January. They just sort of, you know, just got back all the points that they missed out in the you know earlier part of the season. And City, somehow, you know, they started dropping points. You know, they dropped points to Southampton, to Spurs, to Crystal Palace. So, I mean, it's it's exciting Adila now. It's really, really going down to the wire. So, at the time of recording, uh, both games, Champions League games have been played already. So, City beat um, Atletico 1-0. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Liverpool have won against Benfica 3-1. Yeah. Yeah, away. So, now they have, what, five days to rest until the fixture. I think yeah. it's a good five days. Both have seen. And no major injuries uh, for both sides except uh, Ruben Diaz for Man City. He will miss the game for sure. So yeah, so that's that's just how it's been going so far, and um, let's let's focus on Liverpool right now, Raul. So overview of the season, not overview of the season. I mean, like, like until to this point, lah. So okay, give me some of your thoughts. I think the reason why, as well, I sort of when it got to that sort of point gap, you think, oh, we're not gonna really pull this back, is because of the manner of play. Liverpool had dropped those points, you know. So when you talk about where Liverpool dropped points in the first half of the season, right? It was games against Brentford, it was games against Brighton, lost against West Ham. And then actually even 1st of January, they dropped points against Chelsea after having a two-goal lead. Mm, and the recurring, re- recurring theme there was not that they had trouble attacking. That's never been the problem. It's the fact they kept on conceding goals. And, you, you know, these were, I wouldn't say worldly goals and, you know, things where... Uh, you sort of put your hand up and say, "Wow, that's that's a great goal." They were, pre- I mean, they were pretty sort of. Apart from the like one, yeah, except for the Kovacic one, right? That's the only one where you're like, "That's a worldie." There's not much you can do there. The rest of them were all sort of set piece plays. The West Ham game was all set pieces. Brentford as well. They kept on targeting Trent's side. You know, it was quite sloppy goals almost, I would say, mm-hmm. right? And because of that manner, so I remember thinking at that point because the, whenever you got that point gap, you think with a team like City is not just matching them you have to you know exceed them right and the real yeah. city were going they weren't dropping any points they seemed like they were going to beat everyone so what liverpool had to do was to be near perfect and when you're conceding sloppy goals like they did i, I thought no 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 way this is you know where are they going to suddenly find this defensive solidity from yeah. so what changed actually from that from what you're saying so what yeah i think there's a few things so van dyke comes back from his acl injury and obviously, there's question marks for any you know for any player, and he was play, performing at a elite level, right, best in the world sort of level before the ACL injury. 
So maybe there was sort of a bedding in period for him. Anyone who suffers any sort of injury at any level, even for us, you never feel the same when you come back. No matter how elite a player you are, have to feel your way through the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The second thing is, I get, I think there was a. Uh, 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 after that season, last season, where they had this 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 massive sort of slip up with the defensive uh, p- personnel all being out, Injuries, they yeah. thought, let's you know what 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 can we do to sort of uh, remedy this, even if we are defensively not so good. So they really concentrated on the attack. If you do okay. remember, we started the season with this overload on the right side: Harvey Elliott, Jordan Henderson, Mo Salah on the right side. Yeah. And yeah. we were really committing people yeah, yeah, that yeah. way. And yeah, we were scoring lots of goals. We were playing yeah, yeah. fantastic football. But what that happens is the defensive responsibility on the other side has to be near perfect. And these things don't happen overnight. I remember one comment, not one comment, but something people were highlighting early in the season as well was the way Robertson was holding the line. Everyone kept on saying Robertson was not playing the line appropriately. We weren't playing people offside as we should do. Mm. And Robertson has done this. He's been an elite left back for a long time. And it just shows you how long it takes time to implement these things. So what I think has happened is in that January period, they said, hey, we're conceding these goals. We need to shore up now. And you know, this is not something I've just grabbed from that. Klopp has made references to it. The players have made references to it. They held a meeting, I think, sometime in January to say, you know, we need, need to address this. In terms of specifics, I, I don't know what exactly they've tweaked. But I think there's been a more of a team-like approach to closing down the space. That counter-press has been more aggressive, more accurate. Yeah. And obviously, personal things. Thiago, I think, has been quite important. Mm-hmm. You know, he has been important. We normally are a bit tighter when he plays, which is funny to say, because normally he's not a defensive player. So I think that has been the key there. It's been the key that not our scoring has been the same. And this has been evidenced by the goal scored before January and after January. There's no drastic changes. I think it looks like they really tried to improve or emphasise what they're already doing. So like, I think they got a lot of criticism for doing quite high lines um, because there was a lot of spacing behind. But actually now they're catching so many players offsides at a, on a frequent basis. And like you said, the counter-pressing and all that. So they just, I think, fine-tune all this. And I think we're about to talk later, but thing like addition of uh, Luis Diaz and stuff the kind of impact it can have on the team um, spirit and positivity basically I think that's yeah actually huge. if you look up, look at it properly yeah your the the turning point was in the new year basically after January after the January transfer window um, I feel that Liverpool have upped their game in terms of squad personnel because last time, even in the beginning of the season, I remember saying this, I said, uh, Liverpool, for me, have the best 11 in the league. But when it comes to squad, I feel City you know, and Chelsea still have, but it's, it's not the same anymore. You know, I'm, I'm not going to go as far as saying that, oh, Liverpool have uh, a 25-man squad matching cities. No. But like you said earlier, pre-pod, right, Raul, you're saying that they have about 15 good, solid players. You know, like, I think it was quite noticeable in that, in that Arsenal game. Who can I think come in and out. Yeah, like in the Arsenal game, especially the first half, I mean, Arsenal played very well, you know, and you guys needed to do something and then you all brought on Firmino and Jota. I mean, these are really good players yeah, to Even yesterday the bench. in the Champions League, we did the same. Yeah. Uh, Firmino and Jota, Henderson Firmino, came Yeah, you see, that's well. the thing. So that makes a difference that, that two, three extra players, that makes yeah. a huge but, but difference. But it's not the two, three extra players. We've added one player. But you see, yeah. just that fifth attacker... Yeah. yeah, which we've been talking really? about for ages. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, let's say over a 10-game period, right, spreading that game over an extra person, it reduces the burden so much more. I mean, if you want to simply put it in simple terms, which is obviously it's not like this, 10 games divided by 5 is obviously, you know, 
much less burden on each individual player. Yeah. By that point, you're not pushing players to that limit where they have to play in that red zone where players yeah. are, you know, quite likely to pick up injuries. Yeah. So it's like a, it's like a, it's like a vicious cycle when you have fewer yeah. players, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah, not yeah. only do you have no reinforcements to bring on, but the players that you have playing are yeah. more likely to get injured. Injured. When those players get injured, then again. The players you have have to play even more. Yeah. So just adding that fifth attacker, and I've been banging on about this for the last two seasons. We need that fifth attacker. We need that fifth attacker. Yeah. Even when we signed Jota, I was like, we need another, and they've done that now, and that's evidenced by the attacking play. And he's had an instant impact. I mean, that is. I mean, we thought Jota was like quite amazing because I think Liverpool normally try to bed in players uh, yeah, for a period of time. But Luis Diaz has shown again that yeah. our attacker has somehow so bedded just in. So the again. only consistent thing here is Klopp lah, and how his system is so good. It's like you want to play for Liverpool, yeah, read this manual, and then you'll be able to play. It's, it's, he makes it look so easy. But when's the last time you signed someone who has been a flop, someone who hasn't come in and actually done something? Only the know? emergency ones, like the centre backs, I guess. But like, well, no, yeah, yeah, but don't know. maybe. Yeah, I Carriers, guess Ben Davies, I know, but and then Nabi Keita, really there's still question marks. I mean, I said this yeah. yesterday; he was man of the match against Benfica. But that's what I'm trying to say. You know, they they bring some sort of impact either way. You know, look at Thiago. Even if it takes time. At, yeah, even if it takes time, eventually they do. Whether they you know take time to bed in or not, but they do like man of the match performances. You don't. It's it's not simple to you know, to get players into your system like this unless you're such a good coach, lah. You know, and yeah, Klopp is an amazing coach. So yeah, on that topic, right? Um, I mean, we we talk about both managers now. Let, let's talk a bit about City. I mean, we look at both managers head to head. I think they've won. Um, what is it? I have it right here, actually. Um, sorry, I had it just right here. Yeah. So, <coughs> if you look at their their stats, both Guardiola and Klopp have won eight of their twenty two meetings against each other, and both managers have not lost more matches to any other manager besides themselves. So what I'm trying to say is, um, so Guardiola has lost the most times to Klopp and Klopp has lost the most times to Guardiola. And, it's, and, and they're just so, you know, so good managers, both of them. That's what I think is so interesting. Obviously, the games you see, you see it in sort of contrasting styles and they try to get the better of each other. You take it back to uh, when they initially started doing it. So I would say maybe 18, 19, uh, when Klopp first came and it was very sort of it was chaos when we played them it's absolute chaos man that first 20-25 minutes is chaos and then you see Guardiola come back the next season and you're not able to do it as much because he thinks oh this is how they've got me that time let me try and improve that let me you know get that control and then you see that I think the pinnacle of where Guardiola has wanted his team to be has been in this season where we talk about it in the last part where it's just control control, control, sterile control. And you see this from the way they attack as well, right, Kaiser? You were saying pre-pod, uh, the way City attack is so slow. They've, I can't remember the exact stat it was. Time, yeah. So apparently they're bottom for direct speed of their attacks, which means they take loads and loads of time, basically. And Liverpool are the opposite. Yeah. So it's so interesting to see the contrasting. And I would Different say bring styles, it back yeah. to the clubs as well. You know, City, we know uh, how they've risen through in the last decade through heavy investment from the owners. While Liverpool, I mean, Liverpool are no minnows by any, ex- you know, uh, by any definition. But they've had to be clever with their recruitment. Like you said, Viz, no misses. No misses in the transfer market. Getting these marginal gains. Klopp hires a corner coach. Klopp hires a free kick coach. Klopp hires a neuroscientific team to come and tweak the players. It's crazy. And these guys are just 
competing at the top top level but the best part about it is they're doing it in different ways different ways and yeah that's why it's so interesting yeah i think he's pep i think he has come to a point where um he fully believes 100% in his style of play and he's not willing to change it yeah so he's become more of pep actually yeah. if you if you were to put it he's that the way, ultimate right? pep as in like he's evolving to the final pep i feel yeah exactly and version. and the way the way city play right you know their success is mainly built on their team ethic um rather than you know relying on individual brilliance i would say so guys i remember earlier you you were saying that because they they play so much as a team and they don't rely on brilliant in, uh, individual brilliance maybe that's why they haven't won the champions league yet yeah because yeah. i mean the easy comparison is yeah, thinking la. like um all those times when like origi came on or those kind of subs right but i think it's a interesting point because He's very stubborn like you said with his uh subs uh, or so. Yeah, <laughs> style of play. Yeah, he he's made the least subs in the league uh this season and he so what he does is prioritizes like tactical tweaks instead of actually subbing on players. Um and now he's made basically a team of playmakers uh you know so even if he wants to bring people on it's actually this similar type of players uh who come on so he doesn't have that Leroy Sané uh, on yeah. the wing making direct bursting runs into the He's just like 11 midfielders. Yeah, he l- yeah, City and he loves it. So because now. of that they have all the control. Actually, if anything they're more like automated and very predictable nowadays but of course stopping as, them yeah, is, stopping them is a different story now. because you So what be, what are the some of the weaknesses that you've I mean you've done during your research? What do you, how what do you think, you know? Yeah, I think what we I was trying to look at was I think you mentioned earlier that they kept they lost uh they dropped points to these similar uh, mm. teams or right? yeah. I think it's tough to find similarities between these teams but some um gaps that were found in uh, City during these games for example like there was a lot of space uh, exploited around Rodri basically either side of him so if you remember the Spurs game Harry Kane found a lot of joy around the area basically playmaking for the team yeah, yeah. and spring balls to Son and, and uh, yeah, 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 Lucas yeah. and Kulusevski um and basically I think as a playmaker and what Southampton and Villa did was similar as well so Southampton tucked in their wingers and found a lot of joy there Aston Villa had two number 10s playing that day uh what ended up a very close 2-1 defeat uh in December where they were very unlucky to lose there and I think generally I mean over the years like we said if Pep is evolving into a more version of himself every year and he's not really done drastic changes so I think teams are just more better prepared and coached uh in general uh like we know what to expect but to execute it is a different story uh, but they're obviously. so fluid the way they play they're so but, but fluid the thing, but the thing is right you're saying teams are better coached and more prepared as well all three of these teams I would say were very different you know Spurs are very good on the counter and then that Kane and Son partnership is crazy and I think that's how they've really found joy against City in both the games Southampton like you okay fine they organize as a pressing. team but I don't think they changed anything specifically no. for City and not like they've been picking up fantastic results elsewhere do you know what I mean they've yeah. been pretty poor actually the last few games and Crystal Palace the last game where they drew nil nil they parked the bus they weren't being aggressive yeah. they Cancelo had loads of the ball So it's very odd that it's the same three teams that they've lost it because there's not I don't know maybe it's uh, someone listening to this is say oh there's a obvious thing which is the common denominator between these three teams but it's not something obvious lah I don't think Yeah one thing that I realized um compared to the earlier part of the season so for those of you who don't know City this whole season have only lost points to these three teams in six fixtures so they've lost both against Spurs they drew one and uh, uh, lost to Crystal Palace and then drew one eh, sorry drew both against southampton right so 
three in the beginning half of the season, right? The games where they lost and they drew, they didn't have much of a attacking threat, I would say. Like, not many shots on target, very reduced. However, the second half of the season where they still drop points, but against, for example, that Southampton game that ended 0-0, it was so obvious that it was just an off game for City because City has so, so many, many chances, chances, but the ball just wasn't going to the net. So, I guess there is a difference in that in 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 when I'm when I'm talking about it that way lah. But but overall, what is it that you know can actually stop City? Because even yesterday when you saw the Atletico game, what did Atletico do the whole game? They just defended. They didn't only. even have a shot. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't even have a shot. You know, but but these are the types of teams that that um, Pep sides struggle with lah. Essentially, you know, but. Because they ended up just being one nil, and they had a lot of one pretty quite a lot of one nils this season. Yeah, uh, exactly. Well. So. I mean, that begs the question again. I think we do yeah, ask this sometimes. No striker. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. The number nine issue. I mean, yes, they have no issues beating teams uh, this season. And only recently they've dropped a lot of points. But I think it's something worthwhile talking about um, because there is a trend that they're scoring less goals ever since Aguero has left. So since the 17-18 season, Aguero was top scorer twice in the next two seasons after that. 21 goals, 21 goals. And then since then, it's been Sterling 20, uh, Gundogan 13 last season. Um, and now it's shared 10 each uh, with three of the uh, midfielders, basically. And they're slowly sco- uh, scoring less and less goals every season. So I think when there are games that um, can be extra tough for them, a striker sometimes to bring, it on, to bring them on, for example, like an Aguero-esque person who can be a poacher, can be an added benefit uh, and basically change the game, you know, uh, for them. I think the, the other thing we can't ignore is that, yes, we see the trend where they've scored less goals over the past few seasons, mm. but I think they've become more solid defensively as well. Yeah. City, for the longest time, uh, I remember, you know, we've stopped talking about it because they've become so good at it. But we used to talk how they don't have a very good centre-back partnership. When company was injured, they weren't reliable at the back. And it's, it goes back to the analogy like Rafa Benitez used to say in the Liverpool days where he said it's like having a blanket which is too small for you. So say your chest and your head is cold, you pull a blanket up, then your toes are exposed. You want your toes warm, then your chest is exposed. So even at this level, right, no matter how good City are and no matter how unlimited their recru- recruiting can be, you have to, f- you have to sacrifice somewhere. Somewhere. Yep. You know, and yeah. even then, right, we're talking here, we're talking as if they've dropped loads of points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We're talking about six games, you yeah. know. Yeah. And, and the Liverpool Give game. Give credit that's to the, Liverpool. Yeah. Well. You, you know what I mean? So, we're talking about small, 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 small margins here. We talked, we, you know, the other day, we were doing the Twitter spaces with Astro and we talked about Ferguson, right? In those days, a draw with Southampton. Oh, yeah. A draw with Away, Crystal Palace especially, is yeah. part, yeah, of, no a, issue. part of the campaign. Of a that's campaign. That's how it <laughs> yeah. is, yeah. But this is the level. This the level, level is these two now. managers have pushed themselves yeah. to is unbelievable. Unreal. So I think, yeah, we've pretty much covered both the teams la, in depth to a certain extent, I would say. So let's just talk about the game. Okay, how do you think it's going to pan the out? game. So the biggest question I have is, um, I mean, we know how both teams will play tactically. I mean, these two, they won't change how they play. I mean, this, this is just how they are. But for this specific game, I really think that Pep is not going to go all out. I don't think he has to. So what he's going to try and do is he's going to be patient. He's going to sit back, yep. try to hold a ma- as much of the ball especially as possible. Especially being at home. Yeah, especially being at home. And I think he would be, I think, lah, he'd be happy with a draw also, worst case scenario for, for Pep. What, what do you guys think? Yep, I think I definitely agree. Uh, I think it'll be a highly precise and tactical encounter, especially with the 
possession. I agree that I think he's going to try to control the game as much as he can, keep possession, frustrate Liverpool. And then I think that's where Liverpool really have to pick their moments for those press and counter press. Because if they get it wrong, there'll be a lot of space left behind. Uh, and that can be an issue. But at the same time, I don't think it's the worst result for Liverpool if, if it's, a, it's draw? a draw as well, actually. Um, Why? Why would you say that? I think Liverpool's momentum going into this is They'll super just win strong. The I mean, compared to the points that City have dropped. Uh, but we'll look at it a bit later in terms of the fixtures yeah, yeah. Um, that they have remaining because City have won all those reverse fixtures uh, for those um, different teams that they're going to play. The, the thing is, I, I actually was in your camp up to maybe a, a week ago where I thought, never mind, let's just draw the game. What's, what's wrong but with then that? it's out of your hands already right but it's out of your hands that's one thing we'll come and talk about the fixtures later but even you look at the odds now City are favourite they're about they bookies give them about 70-75% of the title Liverpool are down in the 20s if City win they go up to about 90% sorry sorry even now so the bookies are saying that 70% yeah, now. Them at, se- at 75% what? around 70-75% but the thing is the interesting thing is here with a draw City don't decrease by that. I mean, both of them don't decrease by that much, but that gap is still there. So Liverpool drop into... Well, Liverpool actually increased slightly to 28%, and City drops slightly into 72%. And then you're relying on another team with seven games to go to take something off City, and Liverpool to stay perfect as well. You know, so that's very difficult. So I think as hard as it is to go to the Etihad and really try and get a result, that's, that's what they have to do. You know, if you want to win this title... I don't think you can leave Especially with the, the number of uh, competitions you both the teams are involved in. You know, it's a bit scary. Like, if it's going to go right to the wire, you know, players getting injured and things like that. Just touch wood lah, you know. Actually, that plays yeah, a big part. I think yeah, I'm exactly. Mentioned that because there's the FA Cup that we're playing each other semis. So, I think the way this game goes will really determine how the FA Cup game will go. <clears throat> I mean, if, yeah, if Liverpool don't have a chance anymore... Uh, will we focus more on the FA Cup game, uh, for example, or will City rest players in that game, which will impact um, the players rested for the Premier League? And then the Champions League as well, City have the tougher tie. I mean, they definitely got um, ran all over, all over the place with uh, Atletico, even though, I mean, they won 1-0, but it was a, um, I mean, a game that, you know, Atletico kicked people around and stuff. And so I think the next round as well, I think City will have pretty tough uh, semi-final uh, going into that. Um, side of the draw yeah, uh, and so I think all these things will, will play a part uh, but what's not encouraging is that they literally ho- almost have a full squad apart from Ruben Diaz so. and Etihad is a very hard place to go actually you know people don't talk about it much because they talk about fan attendance <laughs> and stuff but it's not a good e- it's not an easy place to go the other thing which is very frustrating actually and this is something that some people be like oh obviously not this is not a thing but appointments of the referees They've appointed Anthony Taylor. Oh, and unbelievable. Is the VAR referee. <laughs> unbelievable. And Anthony Taylor is the the referee on, on pitch. And both of them are Manchester-born referees. Why? That, that, that doesn't make any Especially sense. Especially in a game like this. Huh? Small margins. Like fine yeah, margins. Why would the Premier League like choose to... Paul Tierney has already given City two extra points by not giving that penalty when they played Everton. Which is a stonewall penalty. I still don't understand the explanation for not giving it. And then now he's given another chance to sit behind VAR. You know, it's, if it ever comes to... A, and these ge- people say, oh, it doesn't matter. These, so many of these games against City and Liverpool have come down to decisions like this. So, okay, let's look at the fixtures, yeah. I think, personally, that City have the easier run of fixtures after the Liverpool game. So, you see, City still have to play Wolves, Brighton, Watford, Leeds, Newcastle, West Ham, 
and Villa. I feel all these games are winnable games for City, apart from the West Ham one, maybe they play West Ham away. But other than that, it's all pretty much easy fixtures. Whereas Liverpool, they have Villa away, they still have United at home, Everton, Newcastle, still play Spurs at home, Southampton and Wolves. Yeah, that Spurs at home game. Uh, that Spurs, I mean, lucky yeah. it's at home actually. Uh, no, Liverpool play Spurs. More, more oh yeah, yeah, Spurs at home. Yeah. yeah, but I think the United Everton game. Oh man, I can't wait for those games. Actually, I think we'll be I so we'll be so up for it. I think. Yeah, but I think even the United game. I mean, we always talk about oh United Liverpool, such a big fixture and all that. But realistically speaking, I don't see uh, United getting anything out of especially at home. Yeah. yeah, especially at home, Liverpool at home. You know, if anything, so you all win it maybe two 0 you know, if you all don't thrash us slightly, so... Yeah, but the thing, the thing is, when you play against good teams, right, anything can happen, and United still have good players. We just saw Arsenal <coughs> lose 3-0 to Crystal Palace, you know, these things do happen. Everton is the derby. Sometimes, as bad as they are, sometimes form goes out the window with the derby. I remember seasons where we've been flying and still can't get three points when we play Everton. The, I think the most worrying thing is that when you look at the City fixture list, is that you can't really pinpoint a game where you see a team taking points off them. You, I mean, Vis, I know you said about West Ham away as well, but Master West Ham a bit, a bit rubbish recently. Yeah, recently they became quite shit. Huh? Aston Villa also. I mean, After they we kept made the, the form. about them. La. <laughs> if they kept the form when Gerard uh, first came in. So and, and I think that's why it makes it even more important, the size of this game. It's massive. The more and more you think about this game, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. Okay, so let's get into the predictions. Huh? Um, as a United fan, I think I'll go second. So, Kaiser, you want to go first? I think based on how Pep will aim to play and being at home, I think yeah, he'll be happy to make it as boring as possible. Uh, I don't think it'll be high scoring for sure. Yeah, same. I don't think high so scoring. So I actually will go with a 1-1 one, one draw, I believe. Oh, 1-1 one, yeah. one draw. I don't know. I think uh, City would win this game 2-0. It's what? 2-0. Yeah, 2-0. So I think, I think City going to just you know try to control the ball as much as possible get a goal somehow, maybe a penalty, and they just wait, 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 Liverpool press them, and then they just get one counter, and then, yeah, that's that's how I see it, but anything happened, 2-0 for me. Yeah, yeah, I think sadly I have to agree, you know, I just can't, I don't know if I'm being pessimistic, but I just can't see Liverpool coming away with a win from the Etihad. Just in the way, like you said, the way they play, he's built a team so well to counter this Liverpool team, especially. I really feel Guardiola when he's te- talking up his tactics and preparing it for a Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How can I stop them from doing what they're doing? And that's why, I, yeah, I, literally when you're saying that, I was between a 1 0 and a 2 0. And I think if they get a goal early, they'll eventually get another there, and then it's 2 0. The only saving grace that I got, and we didn't really talk about it before, is the fact that they don't have Ruben Diaz. Yeah. And that's where Liverpool have really struggled with when Ruben Diaz has played, you know. And not to say the rest of them are not as good, but that is something that will give the attackers a bit more encouragement. I do still think it'll be a City window. I mean, I, 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 you know, we all know how Liverpool are. You know, I, for me, one of the, I think, if not the best attacking team in the world, but they're playing away, you know. They're not playing at Anfield. That, for me, th- that plays a big role. Yeah. So that's why all the more I feel like City will just win it 2-0. So I think, yeah, we're pretty much done with this pod. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. And um, I just want to wrap up the pod by, you know, uh, giving you a short sneak peek of our next pod that will be coming out. So 
um, in collaboration with uh, Astro Super Sport, um, the Baller Boys are doing a special podcast for the upcoming United mm. versus Liverpool Stadium fixture. Astro, yes. So the theme of our next podcast would be Salah versus Ronaldo. So that's coming out when, yeah, guys? Sometime next week. It'll be probably next, next Sunday. Sunday yeah. Just a build up towards that game. Before the game for sure. So yeah, that part is going to be completely different. It's not it's not something we've done ever, right? Mm. Talking about we're just talking about two individual players. Yeah. And then maybe we'll talk a bit about the game itself. Mm-hmm. So thank you for listening. That's the baller boys. See you in the next part. Sonny is very lucky that his father is a better person than Ollie. And I think you 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 are an ostrich. Next Tuesday, April Fool's Day, he's the biggest fool in Manchester, and that is you, David Myers. Football heritage. No one <laughs> wants to be a fullback as a kid. No one wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville. But unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply. I love football. <laughs>